Hello and welcome to the Society of Petroleum Engineers Gulf Coast Section podcast. The section was founded in 1935 and now has over 11,000 members. It is a volunteer organization that provides member forums to upgrade and maintain professional competency. You can find more about the ongoing initiatives, webinars, events, and other member resources at spegcs.org. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to the SPE Gulf Coast Section podcast. I'm Michael Gaines, and uh, glad you're joining us today as we continue a conversation uh, that we are having with guests uh, from across the world and across the energy space. And we look to bring you some enlightening conversations on topics, both technical and those that can help as uh, working professionals in the Society of Petroleum Engineers. And today's conversation is no different. So we have the opportunity to talk with Maria Angela Capello, who is uh, going to be joining us today. Uh, she is a leader and author in the energy sector and an expert in sustainability, corporate resilience, diversity and inclusion, and resources management. She currently is consulting for organizations in Latin America and the United States to create and propel their corporate sustainability strategies. Additionally, uh, Maria is a co-chair of the United Nations UNCE Committee for Women in Resource Management Industry Ambassador for the University of Houston's consortium AIM Deep and senior partner of Red Tree Consulting, which is a boutique consulting firm centered on advancing sustainability. So uh, Maria, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I am very happy to be here today with you. Yes, so uh, I, I was able to read off quite a few of your, uh, a bit of your background and accolades. I know that there are some items that I did not get a chance to touch on uh, more specifically. I, I think what I failed to mention was a bit of your background in the oil and gas space, uh, which I find quite interesting. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I started my career as a physicist, and mm. uh, that, uh, I would say, shapes uh, probably who I am, because I like to research and expand uh, my knowledge into some basic uh, roots of why things are what they are. What they are. And uh, very early, I did a minor in geophysics, and I started working in the oil industry in Venezuela, my country mm. of uh, origin where I grew up. And uh, I work in PDVSA at the beginning and then quickly moved to the Research Institute of PDVSA, which is Intervep. After that, I moved out uh, to be reservoir management uh, for uh, Petro UCB, which was a joint venture with the major university in Venezuela, Universidad Central de Venezuela. And um, after the PDVSA period, let's say, there was um, a turmoil in Venezuela for political reasons. And uh, I then went to be the executive director of the Alumni Association of uh, the UCV, and then uh, started uh, to work uh, in Halliburton. Mm. To Another side of the uh, petroleum industry, which is the service companies. 
And for that, I working in, um, as a subsurface practice manager for Latin America. And then my husband found the job in Kuwait oil company. And as a family, we moved to the Middle East. And I found, applied and found a job for uh, Halliburton Kuwait. I, and uh, I was there, I was the first female operations manager. I was the operations manager for the Northern Gulf. And uh, from there, I went uh, to work for Kuwait oil company and worked for them for 15 years. Now I have uh, relocated once more, reinventing myself uh, and came to Houston in mm. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Re reinvention. That seems to be a, a common word uh, that it gets used more and more. And that's, that's really, uh, really exciting to hear your journey there. Um, one of the things that I know that you like to talk about, and I, I know that you've uh, written um, on this as well. Uh, I know you have a couple books. One of them is, is called um, Learned in the Trenches, Insight into Leadership and Resilience. And then uh, the second one, which I'm, I'm really interested in, uh, is called Mentoring and Sponsoring Keys to Success. So I actually wanted to hone in on uh, the, the second topic. So mentoring and sponsoring. So I, 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 maybe we'll let's start at the, the basics. So of course, words matter. <laughs> I like to tell people words matter, definitions matter. So when we're talking about mentoring and sponsoring, uh, help me understand the difference between those concepts. And, and let's talk about why that's important. Yeah, well, um, that is important because that sets the stage, I would say. Uh, we are used at work to have somebody that will teach us what, how to do things, what to do, and uh, that is important. But generally, I like to mention that that is related to the technical side of your work, mm -hmm. and those are coaches in many ways. When I refer to mentor, mentor is that person that will guide your career choices, is the first time probably many of us were exposed to mentors in the technical sense, or the, let's say in the career outlook, where those um, advisors that uh, we had in the high school that were kind of guiding us about career choices for our studies at college, and will ask you uh, deep uh, inside of you, what is that you wanted to do? And at that early age, we practically none of us really knew what, what our careers were going to be, right? Mm -hmm. So we kind of explored with these persons what were our, you know, appetites for science or perhaps um, society-related careers. Uh, I, and that person, if she was very good at that, or he was good at that, would certainly explore if we were a people's person or more uh, like individualistic or research-oriented uh, person, uh, scientific profile or artistic, perhaps, profile. So that first encounter perhaps is the best to explain what a mentor is. Is that person you will go to seek advice about long-term goals and decisions that you are confronted with along your career path. And uh, 
you know where the, the word mentor come from, comes from? No, I, I'm, I'm looking to be educated. Help me out here. Yes, the, you know, a mentor, uh, the very word is coming from the Greek mythology. Mm. When Ulysses uh, needs to engage in this long trip that, you know, is then uh, told uh, to us uh, by Homer in the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. He needs to leave home. So he leaves uh, his house and the famous Penelope and especially his song, Telemachus, at the care of uh, selected friends that he had, trusted people that he had. But above all, there was this person, mentor, that was to, take, to be taken care there of... Um, Telemachus, his song. So he goes on, you know, in the search of Ithaca and all that. And a lot of things happen in the, in the path. And uh, the story goes on and on. But uh, that is the concept that uh, we have about what a mentor is. It's a person that will take care of you for the very long term and uh, will advise what to do. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's the con So that makes sense. And I, I, I can uh, I can hold on to that one. So a mentor helping you on the the long term, um, and again the context that we're using it in terms of the the workplace long term career choices and and considerations. So so now looking at sponsoring, how does how does sponsoring relate to the, the, uh, the definitions? That is uh, you know a, a whole different ball game, I would say. Mm -hmm. A sponsor is certainly related to a mentor because first of all, uh, she needs to, to know you. But the thing is that a sponsor is a person that will uh, open the opportunities for you to be promoted, perhaps to be appointed to do things. So a sponsor is that person that will celebrate you when you are not present, will speak very high of you when you are not present. And if you think about that, is the person that is vesting his own or her own prestige on you. Because when, for example, in the, let's say the board of directors of certain organization needs to appoint somebody for a special project or as a boss of a department, right? As a department head, or perhaps a committee chair, Mm -hmm. If we were talking about SPE, for example, right? So generally, there is a couple of directors or one director that would advocate for a person. Let's take your name, Michael. I think this person will say, Michael is perfect to do that. And because I have seen him performing, doing X, Y, Z things. So this person that would advocate for you is opening an opportunity for you and you Michael are not even present in the room but then the whole committee for example after analyzing other candidates etc will vouch and yes approve your appointment for a certain uh, committee to for you to be the chair mm -hmm. and you end up being the chair so if you do well your sponsor right will benefit also from what you are doing from your success multiplying and expanding his own or her own opportunity of success so he's taking a risk on you so this is the the sponsoring uh, the sponsor definition so do you and so i want to 
keep this train of thought. So looking at the definition of a mentor being someone that's helping uh, advise, advise someone for a, a, a longer term career decisions and considerations and a sponsor, someone who's, uh, which you, I think you use a great word, advocate for you in terms of uh, 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 kind of leveraging their, their maybe credibility for you, right, for opportunities. Do you find that it's common or advisable, I, I don't know, to have a mentor and a sponsor as the same person? Is that, is that, in your, your experience, is that common? Is that uncommon? What, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, well, generally, uh, it's not the same. And uh, because the mentors can be any person with experience that is willing to guide others, right? Perhaps, for example, in the academic world, uh, a mentor is uh, even obliged to do that. For example, when you have a mentor for your PhD thesis, right? Uh, so besides the technical advice, he becomes a mentor as uh, this person generally will stay as a trusted person for all your career, right? And provide advice in different choices. But what is the, the for the very definition of sponsor, a sponsor has to be in a leadership position. That's the difference because this sponsor has to have that kind of empowerment that will enable her to open opportunities for you, for the sponsoree, right? So that is the difference. And there are not many people in power positions that can act as a sponsor. And that is a basic, plain, but very important difference. Mm. In due time, a mentor could become a sponsor if the mentor escalates in the organization because then he will have the opportunity to uh, um, be, uh, you know, recognized as an influencer, as, as a person of power whose word has a weight, right? And because he was a mentor in the past, let's say, he would know who is who in the organization, right? But generally those uh, people acting as sponsor are those in such high relevance and, and roles, right? High roles that have the power, the opportunity, and also will notice who could be trusted and is performing extraordinarily well so that they uh, could be or should be promoted or uh, placed in opportunities for specific mm. uh, things. That's the big difference. So I'm, I'm always interested in hearing uh, the stories of others and specifically how uh, some of the topics that they share uh, relate to them personally. So in, in your case, I'm, I'm interested to know if you'd be willing to share an experience that you had uh, in terms of being able to have career, ex uh, excuse me, career success uh, through the advocacy of, of a sponsor and maybe what, what that situation uh, looked like. Because I think there are many that would be interested to, to know, to start getting a framework and maybe thinking through what that could, could look like. Well, uh, sure. And uh, as an example, I would provide some of uh, my own examples, but I think that when I realized the importance of sponsors, perhaps it, it was very, uh, when I was already advanced in my career, I wish I knew 
the importance of having sponsors uh, from the beginning. And this is what I would like to leave as a key message in this podcast, the importance of mentors and sponsors from the beginning. Mm. So, uh, I was already way into mid-career when uh, after having uh, been in the research center for quite a while, these joint ventures with the universities came to be. And uh, I would say that one of the most interesting uh, things that I developed uh, during my career was uh, becoming um, reservoir manager and then general manager of the whole joint venture. And to get that kind of role and, uh, and uh, how you say, appointment, right? To become um, a reservoir manage- manager was enabled uh, by a person that was in the high ranks of uh, management in PDVSA at the time, his name was uh, Thomas Mata, and uh, who advocated for me to take on that role. It was not usual to have a research person come to the operational world to become a reservoir manager, mm. at, as you may imagine. But he had noticed uh, some things uh, that I have done in the past that uh, he remembered that so vividly and caused uh, such an impression on him that he advocated to me, and I would say against uh, tempest or or very hard resistance uh, from the people in Caracas. And uh, I was moved to be uh, doing that. That was also supported by one uh, of the directors of the research center I was working in. And in this case, his name was uh, Vincenzo Paglione. Maybe he had a soft spot because I was also Italian like him. (laughs) That created a natural uh, personal connection. Because Mm -hmm. you you can never dismiss the importance that personal connections have in this kind of uh, corporate uh, intricate worlds. So I think uh, in that opportunity, uh, the combination of social skills plus uh, technical prestige played in my favor. Mm. That is one example. Yeah, Yeah, no, and I'm sure there are are many others. So uh, as listening to your your story there, I, I'm kind of going back to, you know, some of the, the definitions that, that we were uh, talking about. And so it's, it seems like to, to really have a, a, a sponsor, that's something that it almost sounds like it's a, a rather passive type of acquisition. In other words, I'm not necessarily going out. So in this case, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, Maria Angela, would would you be a sponsor for me? But it's through my work. It's through the execution and 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 successful delivery of, of objectives. It sounds like there's a level of you know interpersonal uh, component there. So kind of all those things together would basically be a compelling component for someone to, to in essence, while they wouldn't explicitly say it, uh, at least in their mind, be okay saying, you know, if an opportunity comes up, I, I think, you know, Maria would be great because, you know, yada, 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 right? I mean, is that, is that, is that right? Or, or how, do you, how do you think about that? Absolutely. absolutely. And uh, that is so right that you have to find ways to make yourself noticeable. If you ask me what strategy would you use in order to gain uh, sponsors, that 
would be to make your uh, products or your success, your performance noticeable. Writing the book about mentoring and sponsoring, I, I found out several examples of uh, the strategies that people were using, very successful people were using in order to become noticeable and to gain sponsors in that way. Because you cannot ask, you are absolutely right, Michael, you cannot ask for a sponsor. You can ask for a mentor. You can approach people and tell them, would you mentor me? I would like to meet with you every two months or every month and tell you what uh, I am struggling with so that I can receive some advice. But uh, sponsors will have to speak about you and advocate for you when you are not present. And many times uh, people realize somebody is their sponsor Mm. and they don't even know who their sponsor is, right? So how do you gain a sponsor is through making your performance noticeable. I was telling you that uh, interviewing people for my book I uh, have several cases and I would like to tell you one of them because it's related to the SPE. Mm-hmm. This person had realized that there was a committee that would approve what papers of that company where, where uh, this person was working would uh, be approved to be submitted for SPE conferences. And because the committee was shaped by very high ranked individuals, this person will write many, many abstracts so that eventually the people started, you know, noticing her in this case. And, and she, was, uh, she was already very conscious that not all the papers she submitted were going to be approved, but she gained the attention that at all times she was there and, you know, working a lot and having many things to publish. So that was very clever. And I was surprised to even, to even think that that could be a path Today, uh, you may want to get uh, used to the strategies. You may want to apply for being noticeable in LinkedIn in a good way, for example, or other uh, platforms of like uh, journals, peer review journals and conferences. But certainly to gain sponsors is kind of a, not, I wouldn't use the word passive. I would use the word overactive. Because it, it is only when you produce results and you make yourself noticeable by a good performance that sponsors are to be found. Mm. That only happens when you, of course, work a lot, um, volunteer a lot, and also have a, this high level of energy that makes you uh, be noticeable above others. Mm. So one of the the things that uh, you know, I always appreciate, you know, people say well, the only constant is change, and so especially within an organization, people are uh, transitory. You know, people get promoted, they move out of the organization, they might move into a a different uh, a, a different part of the the company, and and as a consequence, uh, to a certain degree, there there might be uh, a situation where n- not necessarily through any action of your own, but you might lose a sponsor. In other words, they, you might either not have that relationship as you did before, or maybe there was something that, that causes that relationship to maybe not be as it were in order for them to be a sponsor for you. Can you talk about 
what it looked like for you losing a, a sponsor and um, and how you kind of moved, well, moved through uh, that. Yes. Uh, what you are saying is so important that I would like to highlight that in the book, uh, two particular people were talking about the need of having a variety of sponsors and ensure that you at least were at, you know, taken care of by several people and not just one. There was even one person, Elizabeth Coffey, that we interviewed in the book, that she was mentioning that you need up to seven sponsors at any given time. Exactly because of that, that people go out and in organizations, they are demoted or they they retire. They, they go for, you know, bigger opportunities outside the company you are in, and you may end up losing a sponsor and you would be in problems if you lose uh, your only sponsor, let's say you only had one. So um, yes, uh, there are several examples that uh, I share about uh, in the book uh, that I co-wrote with uh, Dr. Yves Pront. Uh, the thing is that if I was, you want to know one of my examples, let me think. I would like to highlight um, Perhaps one point in my career where I was uh, very closely related with a deputy CEO of Kuwait oil company, and uh, she retired from the company earlier than expected. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I had to rework my way up in the company by uh, re-engaging with the new, let's say, um, the new settings as new managers were promoted to deputy CEOs of the company and uh, uh, my usual uh, comfort area of deputy CEOs were retired. So it was a sudden change and uh, I had to rebuild my connections and my alliances, my internal uh, work in the company uh, to make myself noticeable and, and let them know what, what I was good about. And it took a while. So it, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. To, so I wish I had, uh, for example, uh, known, but it was impossible you know, to predict this kind of sudden changes. What I learned uh, writing this book is exactly that uh, you have to expand your network uh, as much as feasible and have sponsors, not only, and this was a striking and perhaps revolutionary concept, sponsors, not only in your company, but outside. Mm -hmm. Because uh, a career is very complex. It is a roller coaster and you never know what you're going to end up having to do. Uh, for example, I gained a vision of, on that uh, and demonstrated the value of that affirmation now that I moved to Houston. And I realized that here I am, I feel I am uh, well connected also here in Houston. And uh, I still don't know what sponsors I will find here in, in Houston or will advocate for me, but I already feel very well supported. So uh, I am happy that I kept connecting uh, internationally while I was in Kuwait. Mm, wow. No, that's really good. Th those are some really, really great items to keep in mind. Um, I, and candidly, I, I think it's one of those things that 
maybe you know some of us have thought about a little bit, but hadn't really given uh, a, a lot of, of intentional focus to, and, and obviously you you have, I mean, literally writing the book on the, the topic. So so that's really, really helpful. Um, maybe one of the, the closing items that I, I'd, I'd like to, to ask you and, and reading through your your bio, I mean, it's, it's very, um, very, very uh, robust. I mean, you're, you're an honorary member of, this, of SPE, uh, which is, you know, one of the top individual awards that, that the SPE gives. Um, you uh, are a, a Knight of the Order of the Star of Italy, which is the highest civil honor. And so there are many things that you've been able to accomplish over your career, which is, which is very, very, um, very impressive. Um, and, and through those experiences, I'm sure along the way, you've kind of kept some things in the back of your mind of, you know, if I was talking to uh, a, a younger Maria Angela Capello, or if I was talking to a younger, you know, maybe someone who's just coming out into their career, I would, I would share this. Um, so I kind of want to wrap our conversation asking you, what are some of those things that, that you would, you would want to share uh, with, with someone else, or, or maybe some of the things you would would want to change, not necessarily in a regretful attitude, but certainly in one, hey, someone else can learn from, from my experience. Wow, that is a great question. And I think that uh, I would, uh, if I was talking to me in a younger me, I would advise uh, myself to gain uh, and to, ha- to have several mentors and ask them how to focus uh, my career better. For example, uh, I applied a lot of effort, time, commitment, and um, I would say even energy, right, to become a researcher. Whereas um, if I had even more mentors, etc., I would have realized I am more of a people person uh, from the beginning and would have accelerated my professional growth into that area and uh, perhaps uh, being able to to do more from earlier times. And uh, if uh, perhaps also I would have realized the importance that change brings into a career. I consider that every time I change gears, I learn something new, I expedited my growth. And instead of... uh, feeling lost as, a, as, you know, that kind of grievance that losing a job for any reason, changing countries or changing uh, settings gives you and, and even fear, right? I mean, it was not easy for me to move from PDVSA to Halliburton, for example. And uh, it was a completely different world, if you think about that. But I would now, uh, if I were able to repeat the whole thing, I would change more because that was an accelerator and, and not a stopper of what I was doing. And that was magical. When I see backwards, I think that change is magical and brings in me, even with all my resistance, uh, it brings from me a capacity to reinvent what I do. So I would tell uh, my young workers or people initiating their careers in energy, to find immediately mentors, a variety of mentors, a strong network, right? A very diverse network. And as a part of a minority myself, I would also uh, like to tell them 
the experience from, for example, uh, one person that I interviewed who was Alvaro Celis, an executive of Microsoft, that to recognize and embrace uh, your minority peers in the sense that recognizing you, the strengths that brings to the equation being part of the minority and build on that instead of applying energy to disguise it. On the contrary, highlight it and, and get a hold on that. And for me, being part of the minority was a factor of success. Hmm. So realizing that later in the career brought me a lot of joy and uh, using that in the sense of uh, making others that are in the majority notice uh, those elements that uh, complete the equation, may that be in, it, in professional societies as well as in the company, uh, and create step changes. Now that I am working in sustainability and uh, I am advancing sustainability uh, strategies for several organizations, I realize that having this uh, multicultural, multinational, and multi-organization experience gives me a platform that provides uh, a very uh, complete and rounded criteria when I can analyze uh, issues or opportunities, especially opportunities. And this is something that uh, I would advise all these young professionals nowadays. Find mentors and make yourself noticeable. Uh, number three would be uh, make sure that what you do is noted, right? So that sponsors will come along. Great. Well, I appreciate the insight and perspective. That's really, really uh, helpful and, and really great things to, to think about. So we've been speaking with Maria Angelica Pello who is uh, an author and leader in the energy sector. And uh, we've been talking about the concept of mentoring and sponsoring uh, from her book, Mentoring and Sponsoring Keys to Success. So uh, Maria, thank you so much for your time and the conversation today. Thanks to you, Michael. I hope that uh, you also have a variety of mentors and sponsors. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll get on it right away. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Society of Petroleum Engineers Gulf Coast Section podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the upcoming events or resources available, or if you'd like to share your thoughts on this episode and have suggestions for future topics, feel free to contact us at SPE. GCS podcast at spe.org.